Welcome back to In the Trenches podcast, a podcast by youth pastors for youth pastors. Today, we have two very special guests, Matt and Tony. It's going to be a great podcast going over how to equip our students to fully evangelize on their school campuses, to their friends, on their sports teams, in any and every way possible. We hope you enjoy the podcast today. Without any further ado, here we go. Just like we said, guys, welcome back. This is In the Trenches, and this is episode, I believe, 25 now. It's crazy to be uh, doing 25 episodes in the middle of quarantine. We said, hey, we're going to start a podcast, and here we are, 25 episodes deep. Uh, but Gary, man, it's so good to have you on the podcast today, What's like always. What's going on, bro? Uh, just doing good. And today we have two special guests, like we said in the intro, Matt and Tony. Matt, Tony, how are you guys doing? Doing good, man. It's good to be here. Doing yeah. well, Charlie. Thanks for having us, man. Of course, man. No, it's a, it's honestly an honor to have both of you guys. I, I told um, I told the three of them before we started the podcast that I felt like I was out of place, that there's so much wisdom in youth ministry and ministry in general that I'm just going to sit back today and just listen pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> we do have to acknowledge that Elliot's not with us today because if we don't, he'll remind us for the next one that we I did know. not acknowledge it. That is true. Elliot is not with us. I, um, I, he has a busy schedule as well, so... So he's not with us today, but um, no, he was in a car accident. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> he's okay. He's yeah, okay. It's he's not okay. that he's no longer. We're gonna with miss us. him. He's not. <laughs> so Pinecrest is now Elliot Bland Memorial. Oh my god. <laughs> That's um, oh, sorry, Elliot. That you're you're hearing no. about us laughing about your car he's accident. Okay. <laughs> Just an accident. It'll get fixed. Gotcha. Good. Good. Um, but uh, I just wanted to open the floor for Matt and Tony to kind of share who they are, what they do with even within SoCal Student Ministries. They've both been on the podcast before, but it was in some of the earlier episodes. So I just let you guys kind of share who you are. Uh, yeah, so I'm Matt Dudley. I, along with Gary and Tony, get to serve as one of the youth directors for SoCal uh, for our youth departments. Uh, been in youth ministry for, man, I, I don't even recall how many years now, since I was 19. And so um, I'm 37 now, so you can do that math and figure that out. And uh, yeah, I, I pastor a church out in Coachella Valley called The Spring. Uh, we just launched. This is kind of a cool thing for me as far as youth ministry goes. Uh, I'm like on the beginning end of youth ministry all over again. Like at this point in the game, we just started youth ministry at the church. Like nice. we haven't had a youth ministry. Uh, we, have, we have two churches out there and we haven't had a youth ministry at either of them for years. And so... We are about nine weeks in, uh, having Wednesday night youth group, and it's been amazing, at least for me. Yeah. <laughs> I've been having a blast. It's and you're the, the youth pastor there also, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, I like to steal the line from Gary that, um, you know, I'm a lead pastor, which means I lead the church. Um, and so uh, right now, the, the thing that's been a joy for me is, um, and honestly, sanity for me, because we've been... <laughs> leading through a lot of change and a lot of different stuff uh, is like Wednesday night youth ministry is just like, oh, I get to just be a youth pastor and it's fun. So yeah, it's been good. That's been awesome. Good. Yeah, it's great, Matt. So as, as Matt said, uh, I get to lead youth ministry with these two guys, uh, Gary and Matt. It's just, it's an honor to get to still be a part of students and still be you know, getting ready for camp. We're, we're stoked about camp coming up here in a moment. Uh, but I just, you know, I'm so thrilled be at the table with these guys. I've been in youth ministry for, goodness, 26 years. Now, Gary and I are in our, almost our third decade of youth ministry, and we also also pastor a church in San Diego, church plant. We're nine, almost nine years old, and get to still be a part of youth. We have a youth director, but I still get to be a part of youth there, too. 
it's funny during quarantine, you know, our two kids, I watched both of our kids go through puberty in quarantine, which is a really weird. It's a, it's a, it's a really like to actually, you know, having hundreds of students come through the program. And now I'm a youth pastor of two, like the most important yeah. two I've ever pastored are my two kids, but watching them, I don't know if I can share this on the podcast. My, like my daughter should be mortified if I share this. Like she, she got like a training bra during quarantine. Oh, my man. son's my son's voice started changing. Oh, like this is all happening under our eyes. And you don't usually witness puberty like under your roof, but I saw it happen and it still happened. My son's voice has been changing for literally like six, seven months and he hasn't got over the, it's like the last degree of water boiling. It takes the most energy to get over the top. So <laughs> nice. I don't think in, in, in 25 episodes of this yeah. podcast, we've, brought up puberty or, I, or training bra or yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Our training bra someone's, <laughs> someone's good ellie's not here <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he's probably listening to this and is like doing something right now probably having jokes in his he's, mind of what he would have said he's yelling at his car stereo with jokes right now <laughs> i was gonna say car stereo but it's kind of a touchy subject right that now that is true that is um true. <laughs> but with that uh uh, I asked Tony, I was like, hey, Tony, like, what are some kind of like crazy moments, crazy stories in youth ministry that he has? And Tony has a very interesting story that I, I wanted him to share with everyone for uh, the podcast today. Yeah, I have a few, you know, there, we could, Gary and I could talk, Matt, we could talk all day about youth ministry stories, leaving kids at Chuck E. Cheese. Like we've had, I've left, I've left kids places different, different times. We've almost killed kids. We've had, you know, how many trips to the ER. One of the most memorable stories is at Disneyland. This is when I was youth pastoring in Northern California. So we were a six hour drive to get to Disneyland. So we're down here and this is like, Gary, this is like circa 1996, 97. So this is kind of like the beginning of cell phones. So not all students had cell phones. I think I had like a, like a Motorola flip phone. Nice. Like it was like, like, like one step beyond Zach Moore saved by the bell status. Like it was like a <laughs> flip phone. And so because the students didn't have communication, I'm like, okay, I will be at Sleeping Beauty's castle every odd hour. So 11, one, you know, and so I just showed up that if you need something, come find me. And so we let the students go do their thing. And so understand we were, our youth group was in Silicon Valley in the height of, of the, the boom of Silicon Valley. So all these kids, like these were like middle, upper middle class kids. Yeah. So it was not uncommon for parents to give kids three, 400 bucks spending money on a weekend trip to Disneyland. So we're here all day. We're staying till 11 o'clock and about the one o'clock checkpoint. I, and I'm, I'm literally staring down Main Street and, and a girl comes, a, one, a girl in our youth group comes running toward me, like like hyperventilating panicky, saying, Pastor Tony, you got to come to security right now. Now, I didn't even know Disneyland security existed in the way that I'm about to find out. So I, I, I walk down Main Street and right there as you walk in, so if you're coming in the park, it'd be right to your right, right by the bank and the Lincoln uh, thing there. And so I go and I promise you, I've, I can't believe what happens. So it goes from the happiest place on earth beyond a door becomes there's an Anaheim police car there's walkie-talkies on the wall it is a a total Grand Central production there called Disneyland Security so I see four of our students sitting in this office and they're bawling their eyes out and they're like these four girls we got caught we caught them stealing at Star Tours at the at the gift shop after Star Tours and so and they're crying, and I'm like, I can't. He said, we've had someone following them all day. So there's people in plain clothes oh, all geez. over Disneyland. So so they've been – and I, I had seen them, like, at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like – and they, were, they had bags, but like I said, it's not uncommon for these kids to have a lot of spending money. And, they, yeah. and it wasn't just – anyway, so so they're – 
so the guy sits me down. He says, okay, so here's what happens. And I had no idea. This was, he's like, this is what happened. He said, we run this like a small city. There's 35 plus thousand people here a day. We run this like a small city. This is no joke. He said, so here's what happens is you need to call their parents and have them come pick them up right now. Now, Grant, we're six hours away from their homes. We, so they, they have to leave the park immediately. Oh, geez. They get fined $175 and they can't come back to the park for a year. So, Amelia, I'm like, what, what do I do? Now, Grant, we have, I, I have leaders there, all this stuff. So we exit, and he, w- he couldn't have been more kind. Anyway, so we exit, and I'm like, what am I going to do? So we have to lift these girls, stay in the church van from now 1 o'clock to 11 at night oh, and do a God. rotation of all of our leaders and all that stuff. So on the way back, and I don't know, as I, I kind of want to know what Gary would say to his students when this happened. And I was really upset. I was really upset. And they're like, you know, I'm, I can't believe we did. I said, I can't believe you did this either. How dare you know? And so they're crying. One girl says, I forgot my purse at security. Can you go back and get my purse? I'm like, yeah, you stay in the van. I'll go get your purse. So I go back in and the guy says, Hey, come here. You want to see the itemized list of everything they stole? I said, absolutely. So it was like, it was literally like $435 of merchandise. And they were just kind of like joy stealing, like grab and go stuff. They were like, like Pocahontas pin. It was like whatever you could see they would grab. And so $435. And here I, I made the mistake of apologizing. Like, I'm so sorry. We're a church group. He said, oh no, church groups. They're the, they're the only ones who, like that's who steals from us all the time. It's, it's always, always youth groups and stuff. So, so anyway, so probably the greatest, like my greatest pleasure of that was the students were the greatest equalizer for their punishment mm. because that night we're sleeping at Orange County Assembly. Uh, that was where we, we crashed overnight before we headed back to NorCal. And these four girls were in a corner and, and the students were just absolutely brutal to these girls, you know? So, so anyway, so it was, that was their punishment. It was a long ride home, but I, I did call all four parents. And of course they're all at work, no cell phones. So I just was hoping that one parent would have to drive six hours down. Yeah. I thought that six-hour ride with my parents, that would have been pretty miserable. So that's one, that's one of many crazy stories. But Disneyland security exists, and it's real. That's wild. That's awesome. That is... So they just released them to you? They released them to me. That was it, because they had to leave the park immediately. They were done. Dang. So. My, my uh, wife's stepdad is security at Disneyland. So oh, really? Maybe, maybe it was Sam Gary. Was... <laughs> when I was like 14, I was at Disneyland for a church thing. And we were um, we were on those sky things, the the tram or the the ones that you hang out. And yeah, the sky ride. Yeah, and we were spitting off of it. Oh no! And uh, <laughs> when we got to one side, the guy was so mad, and he's like, "You three right here, you're in so much trouble. You're going home," and just went off. And so we're sitting there waiting, and then he went into this room, and I'm like, "I'm out." You guys can stay. I'm out. <laughs> and I just took off. And the other guys followed me. And we just left. And then nothing ever that came. That was it. Like, I'm like, <laughs> he walked away. Funny. I'm not staying here. I'm gone. Yeah. Now, that makes me yeah. wonder if there really is a handful of people just dressed in civilian clothes walking around. Absolutely. No, there are people in plain clothes. Because they, they were following them throughout the park. Yeah. watching. So they, had, they just caught them in the act at Star Tours. But they had been stealing all the way you know, throughout the park. I mean, that's everywhere. Target has oh, absolutely. the same thing. Yeah. Really? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Target wow. has plain clothes. I need to double check when I'm uh, taking stuff. Yeah, I had that happen once at Magic Mountain. We had a, a couple of girls show up like Wednesday night for the first time. We were going to Magic Mountain on Saturday. They're like, we want to go. They paid. They came with us. And I guess they didn't have my number. Mm. So it wasn't until like the end of the day. We're all leaving, getting on the bus. And one of the park security comes up. They had picked them up like within the first 20 minutes of being there. <laughs> and they sat in a back room 
all day long just sitting there crying and sad because they you know got caught and they weren't allowed back at six flags it was kind of awesome they never came back to youth though which made me sad it's <laughs> like it's a bad way to to start your youth ministry man but. that that's crazy i don't have any stories of kids stealing at least that i know of um <laughs> but uh today guys we are going to be jumping on and talking about this concept of um, evangelism and student ministry. Now, we talked on this topic a little bit, I think, when we went into the whole podcast on Gen Z and just generations in general and how that how different generations um, bring up different ways of delivering the gospel to them and to a certain degree. And today, we just really want to focus on that idea of evangelism. How can we equip our students to evangelize to their peers? And how, as a youth group, can we um, best evangelize to those students that are out there in our um, surrounding communities? And so the very first question I want to ask today is this. is um, Do you think at this moment in life, in this moment in time, the way of evangelism to our students has changed? Absolutely. I mean, the church... The church has changed. Mm. So therefore, the way we evangelize has to change. And I think, you know, in thinking about this question, Charlie, Matt and Gary both, that we, you know, there's there's that that rub or that conversation of method over message, mm. right? We, all, we always hear that, 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 you know, years ago, the, the big phrase was um, only the message is sacred, not the method, not how we do what we do. And I think that's that kind of continues to ring in my ears, especially, you know, we... we tired of talking post-COVID, but we're in a post-COVID culture yeah. now where, where things have to adapt, things have to shift, things have to change. And I think when it comes down to, we have constantly been preserving the message. That, that is untouched. The sanctity of God's word is something, and Matt could speak to this because that's his passion, but the sanctity of God's word is something we want to preserve. But how we do it is really, and I think this is like we have been given, as I've said before, COVID is a gift. And we've been given this blank slate of how we do ministry is really, we can rewrite the books right now. You know, we're a church plant. Uh, Matt is taking over a revitalization project. Gary is taking over a historic church as a, a church he grew up in. But we're all like relaunching our churches right now. Yeah. So therefore, we're also relaunching what youth ministry looks like, which has to be different in order to survive, yeah. so I, I would say the method versus the method uh, versus the message has to be at the forefront of the conversation, Matt. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think um, you know, for me, the the answer to the question is kind of a yes and a no, mm. because um, on on one hand, nothing will ever trump the the importance of relationship and evangelism, right? Yeah. Uh, the saying's been around for a while, and I, I really believe in it that you can only win your friends to Jesus. Like if, if you can't think of somebody as a friend, then you can't think of them as somebody you would win to Jesus. And so when it comes to evangelizing our students, um, I would say that what's happened is that things have changed, but the way that it's changed is, is specific. Um, we have new amplified ways to, to reach students, right? Like through, through, the, through the advent of social media uh, and the world yeah. that we live in now, we have ways of being in students' lives that we've never had before. And, uh, I mean, we've had it for a little while now, but COVID at least amplified the experience of that. Yeah. And now that's not something that's going away. You know, we're, we're not entering a world where we're saying, well, it's going to be online or in person. It's, it's a both end. People yeah. are, are digital natives now. We, we're fully integrated. So what that does is it creates an amplified uh, venue for us to, to, to present the gospel. 
um, to, to keep that message at the forefront. And so, yeah, I would say, yes, it has changed because mm-hmm. now there, there are new ways for us to be reaching into the lives of students. In fact, I was just talking with my students about this last night, like the idea of when I was in high school versus their experience in high school right now. Like when I was in high school, if there was a girl you liked, you had to like somehow track down her number, <laughs> right? And then it was her house phone, yeah. right? And so you got to call the house phone and you probably got to talk to one of her parents before you even get to talk to her because that's who's <laughs> going to answer the phone, right? Yes. And so like just the anxiety and the nerves of that versus now it's just like, okay, you're going to slip into somebody's DMs, right? Yeah. And so it, it's a it's a different world, yes, but... The gospel stays the same, and, mm-hmm. and in some ways, people stay the same, right? That that sense of it's relationship that's going to win somebody over. It's a uh, relationship that's going to give you the opportunity to speak truth into somebody's life. That hasn't changed, but now we have this whole new playground, really, yeah. to work in of, of evangelism. So, yeah, I, I agree with Tony. Yes, it has changed in the, in, in the sense that we have new opportunities. Yeah, no, that's good. I, even to speak on what you just said right now, Matt, like, how you said how, how, in a sense, like ministry almost has changed or the world's really changed since you were in high school to now. I even tell our students this now, and I'm 26, about to be 27, uh, that when I was in high school, high school was completely different to what our high schoolers are having to go through now. And so I think, and again, we brought this kind of topic up too at the same time of when we, we like kind of like harp on students, like, oh, you guys don't have it that bad. Or like when o- older people will say that to a student, I think, no, at the same time, they do have it bad. They have other struggles. They have other anxieties and things that they go through. But it's knowing those things and figuring out how to um, speak into their life with that and at the same time evangelizing to them through the gospel. And just knowing where our students are at, I think, is is huge in that kind of an aspect. But um, with that being said, um, there's one more question I want to ask, and we can kind of wrap up with this question because I think it might take a little while. Um, But... As we are in 2021, as it is a, a post-COVID world right now, what are ways we can effectively uh, effectively evangelize to this generation and even help equip our students to effectively um, evangelize to this generation? I think the key thing is we have to train them, um, mm-hmm. properly train them, not just expect, oh, they come to youth group, so they hear it, so now they must know how to do it. And I think that, I think that a lot of people think that way. Like yeah. They just don't really train their students how to evangelize or how to defend their faith or how they just kind of assume well if they come to youth and they come to sunday youth stuff then they must know and they'll just handle it but we live in a different world not just post the pandemic but just from the 90s the 90s was all about see at the pole and and is all mm-hmm. about campus ministry i remember someone saying if you're not uh, I won't say his name because he still exists in the world. Um, <laughs> but if you uh, if if you're not doing campus ministry, then you're not in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, the truth is, is we're not at least in California, we're not allowed on the high school campus, yeah. not anywhere near like we were back then. And it's just closed, and I think it's going to be even more closed now. Oh yeah, um, yeah, you know. So we can't go onto the campus. We can't do the things that we might have done one day back in you know the 90s but it's it we what we have to do is one train our students to know how to evangelize but two 
um, create something and, and give our students the tools to not just evangelize, but to invite their friends to yeah. be a part of something? Are we building something that our students want to bring their friends to? Are we building something that it's easy to bring friends to that? Um, are they thinking like when I bring my friend, are they going to enjoy this? Are they instantly going to feel awkward or apart or, um, and not only that, one of the things that, that I see, one of the biggest struggles people don't bring their friends is because they have their friendship group at youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And when they bring someone else in, they kind of have this feeling like, well, then I got to hang out with them all night, you know, or I got to. And, and so it's really getting our students into the mindset of, um, and it's a lot of what, what Elliot's going to be doing with Youth Alive is, yeah. is um, you know, missionary minded, that yeah. they are missionaries on the, the biggest mission field in the world. And to keep that mindset going into it. And Gary, our students are our greatest asset. I think I think we would all acknowledge that as far as like talk about the access side of what youth pastors can and cannot do now mm. as it relates to campus ministries. Our students still have way more access than than youth pastors have. So yeah. using them but equipping them. And I think what, what came up, you know, and I've heard this conversation before and Gary talked about, you know, training and, and equipping our students, but we have students who can't defend their faith. Mm-hmm. And that was that was I remember this coming up in a in a student life group years ago, and it was it was a real plea. It was a real declaration made by a few of our students going, "I can't defend my faith with my Mormon friends, because because mm-hmm. you guys know that that faith they you're going on to your mission. They yeah. are there's they they know their scripture, even though if it's out of context, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They know their stuff, and they're like, I don't know how to I don't know who God is. I don't know what the Trinity is. I don't know I don't know how to describe some of the basic elements of my faith. And so I think that that equipping side, and also there's a cultural thing involved here too, where where I think we don't we don't understand that you know when Gary and I Matt's younger than us when Gary and I got in youth ministry, I would say youth ministry culture changed every three to six months. Wow. Right. And no, seriously, like like things would change. I'm talking trends, just just call it, whether it's fashion, wh- whatever things like trends. It take three, six months for someone to cycle and you would see a change in youth ministry. Now, youth culture is changing every minute. Yeah. Like this is this is totally different now. So so to adapt in order to survive, you have to constantly. And and I always say this, if you if you react, if, if you react to growth you're behind the eight ball, yeah, right? right? You have to prepare for it. So for us to prepare for that that growth, prepare for that culture, understand that's why our students are our greatest asset. They're going to yeah. tell us exactly what's going on right now, exactly how to reach their students. And also, and something else too, and I want Matt to speak on this too, is students don't come to hear me speak. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I would have a student speak, guess what? Their friends would come. If they're playing in, in, in the band, their friends would come see them. Their students don't care. They they don't care about hearing me speak. Yeah. They will come out for them. So I think the more we have that student empowerment side, yeah. which comes from equipping, which comes from involvement, which comes from us training. But I do think that's a huge part of that cultural thing. Awareness of culture. Students is our greatest asset. Matt. Yeah, um, I think especially when we talk about training and equipping students, there are a couple of things that come to mind. Uh, first, we need to train them to be able to identify opportunities, right? That that we need them to begin to open their eyes to yeah. the, the opportunities that are ahead of them. Um, I think about uh, Matthew chapter five. Uh, it's the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. It's where Jesus teaches about being salt and light in the yeah. world, uh, about being somebody that's going to make a difference. And I really love the way Peterson translates it in the message because he, he has this line in there that says, uh, now that you're a light, I'm going to put you on a hilltop. So shine. And then he says this, he says, keep open house with your lives, Hmm. living generously before others. 
And see, I think sometimes it's it's an issue of we have to train students to one identify opportunities, right? Like yeah. the 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 peers, the the friends, the people that are in their life. Those are all people that are opportunities for them to share the gospel with. But two, um, to create opportunities, right? To keep open house with your life. That even the most introverted, backward kid, which I, I can say that because that was me, right? Like still is me. Uh, you know, that kid can 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 still look for those opportunities and still create opportunities and say, you know what? This is this is my group. These are my people. This is who I'm going to pull in. And I think it speaks to like Gary's talking about that that sense of they show up and they've got their youth group friends and it's like oh, I got to hang out with this guy. Go full bore with the opportunity. Tell your youth group friends I'm bringing my buddy. Like yeah. we need to bring him in. We you know, <laughs> like that's let that become the culture. And then I think the second thing that we have to train beyond opportunity is we really just have to train students in the simplicity of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we get really hung up on, I need to preach the most inspiring message I can every week. God didn't call you to be a motivator. He didn't yeah. call you to be an inspirational speaker. He called you to be a pastor. Yeah. And a pastor does the work of shepherding the flock. That's that's a slow walking day by day with the flock, teaching and guiding and leading them to health. And so um, in order for, for someone to be effective in youth ministry, you, you got to be willing to commit to that level of work. So, yeah, no, it, isn't it true though, too, that we live in a culture that's, that's very, it's a shallow culture that we live in. So shouldn't the, the antithesis of that, the church's response be a depth of authentic relationship, which comes down and I love what Elliot's going to do with the yeah. training, the equipping through, um, youth alive. But I, I just think that we of all people have to, and I think students, especially in a post COVID culture, are longing for true depth of relationship yeah. that will come. Maybe it's not going to come from culture. It's going to come from a, a church community, from a youth group. And I think that's going to be very helpful for us moving forward. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do feel like though we have to, part of evangelism is just, and, and we kept talking about defending their faith, but just how to not have their faith knocked down, you know, in the yeah. sense of we have these students that are living in a time of, let's be honest, the LGBTQ yeah. movement, critical race theory stuff. All of these things that are being thrown at your average student, do they know where they stand as Christians? Do they know where they stand as, as believers? Do they have any foundation? I would say probably more than ever before, we have a generation of teenagers who don't have a, a very strong foundation, don't yeah. have much depth or root. And if we as youth pastors don't learn to build that and deepen that and strengthen that, um, we're going to lose this generation yeah. because they have so many things being thrown at them just in the public school system. I mean, let's be honest here. We've outsourced everything. Parents have outsourced um, kids' education. They just rely on everybody else doing that. I mean, parents will tell a student to go Google something instead of dealing with it. You know, these kids <laughs> yeah. aren't going to their parents for right. their problems or their issues anymore. They're going to the social media. They're going yeah. to their friends. Um, it's all happening. But if we don't, as parents and youth pastors, uh, we cannot outsource discipleship. Yeah, and we've right. got to train these students in, in to do what they're doing and, and train them into what they believe. And half of half of training a student for evangelism, evangelism is just giving them the idea of knowing what they believe and why they believe it. If they yeah. know that, they can live their life out in a way people can see there's something different about them. If they're questioned, if they have something thrown at them, it doesn't rock their whole world. Yeah. 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 No, I think, I think that's great. And I even see like what, what all three of you were talking about right now. I've seen even when I've started youth ministry to the this point now, 
where there is like a longing for a, a deeper message. There's a longing yeah. for deeper theology. There's a longing to go deeper in their Christian walk. And I think it is because there's so much that's surrounding them that they don't know what's true and what's not true. And so, I mean, I think this was a great podcast. There's a lot of stuff that was thrown in there in, in the short amount of time today. But um, I just want to say this, Gary, Matt, Tony, I just want to say thank you so much for what you guys do, um, not just for your guys' church and your guys' regions, but for everything you guys do in SoCal Student Ministries and um, um, putting conventions and camps and making everything um, work for all of us. Um, just a little side note on that one. And again, it was an honor to uh, be on the podcast with all of you guys today. So um, again, Matt, Gary, Tony, thank you so much for being here. That was In the Trenches podcast, episode 25. If you have any questions on anything said today, you can go ahead and reach out to us on Instagram at SoCal Youth Pastors. But other than that, we will catch you on the next podcast. See you.